Hello, good morning. Good morning, Nicole. How's your coffee? Delicious. That's good. So good. So good. I put two sweetened loaves in it this morning. One and a half, actually. And then some half and half, and then just coffee. Nice. I just have coffee and oat milk. Yum. We did venture out yesterday to Dutch Brothers, and I got a cherry mocha, and it was fabulous. I would like to point out that that flavor is called Black Forest. Is it? Yes. Chocolate and cherry is Black Forest. Okay. In general. Well, I ordered it, and I said a mocha with add cherry, and then she's like, okay, cherry mocha. I was like, okay, that's that what it's called? Yeah. No. Black it's a Black Forest. Okay. Like a Black Forest cake with the chocolate and then the cherries. Filling. Yeah. My favorite Black Forest cake ever comes from Safeway. Black Forest is my favorite flavor combination. I do like it. I like the one from Safeway because they use the whipped cream frosting on it. Yep. It's delicious. It's the best. It's really old school. It's like a 70s flavor. Kind of like German chocolate. Yeah. But it's real good. It is real good. I do like the chocolate cherry, clearly, because I ordered it yesterday. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I get that sometimes, too. But I have them do extra cherry because, like, you can never taste it. I tasted it yesterday and see, like, I like the flavor of cherry, but sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just so sweet. Yeah. So the amount that they put in yesterday was good. Wasn't overly sweet, but I could definitely taste the cherry. That's good. Yes. Oh, you know? What's up? Maybe it's because of the... Okay, so at Dutch, their mochas are made with chocolate milk Mm -hmm. instead of a regular latte flavored with chocolate syrup or sauce. So maybe that's the difference because when I do it, they have to do it with the sauce because there is no like chocolate milk alternative. So they have to do the regular. So maybe that's the problem. Uh Aha. That's why you can't taste the cherry. Yeah. Chocolate overpowers it. That makes good sense. Good sense. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) That's the term I was looking for. Yeah. So the air has been incredibly, incredibly dry. (laughs) Uh, We've been getting the east wind from eastern Oregon. Blowing west through the gorge. Um, that said, um, we've had the humidifier going for the last four days. So that is my topic today is humidifiers because I am very grateful for those this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what is humidity? Uh, I think most people have kind of like a general concept, uh, but I'm going to kind of give another definition. Relative humidity is the percentage of water vapor in the air at a specific temperature compared to the amount of water vapor the air is capable of holding at that specific temperature. So basically dry air or wet air, depending on what the humidity is and what the amount of water vapor in the air for a specific temperature. Cold, Like I said, cold air is typically drier than warm air just because it's not available to hold as much moisture, uh, therefore making the air incredibly dry. Low humidity can cause static electricity, dry skin, lips and hair, scratchy throats and noses, itching and chopping. Mucous membranes can dry out, which increases discomfort and raises your susceptibility to respiratory illness. That is not helpful when we're in the middle of a pandemic that is spread by respiratory droplets. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So not only do I feel better that I've had my humidifier on, it's also making my body safer. The world's first electric vaporizer was invented by Max Katzman in 1926. He was the founder of Kaz USA Incorporated. In 1995, Kaz USA expanded by licensing the Vicks brand from the Procter & Gamble company and created the V200 vaporizer, which could produce steam for 24 to 32 hours. It was also the first Vicks branded vaporizer, and they've been in collaboration ever since. So 95 to 21, 16 years they've been in collaboration. I don't think I've ever had a Vicks humidifier, but sounds like that was the first 
first real brand. So portable humidifiers, generally the ones you find in your home, range in size from a small laptop to a large floor-mounted unit. Think of something along the lines of an AC unit. The water is supplied manually by filling the unit on a periodic basis. So you have to fill it with water. What kind of water you can fill it with depends on what kind of humidifier you have. You either want distilled water for a certain type of vaporizer, and then you want tap water for another one. Or you can use tap water for another one. So I'll get into that in a second. So there are several different types of humidifiers. The evaporative, the natural, and the vaporizer, and the ultrasonic humidifier. The evaporated humidifier uh, has three main parts. A reservoir, a wick, and a fan. The wick is made out of some sort of porous material that absorbs the water from the reservoir and provides a large surface area for the water to evaporate from. Uh, the fan blows air onto the wick, aiding in evaporation, making the air more moist. Voila. Higher humidity. And the natural humidifier usually comes in two parts. Uh, a reservoir and a wick, and it can be assembled at little or no cost. The example that this article gave was a stainless steel bowl partially filled with water covered by a towel that's weighted down. So part of the towel is in the water. Uh, the towel soaks up the water by capillary action. And because the towel is big enough, it provides a big enough surface area for rapid evaporation. Those do need to be cleaned and replaced frequently because it's just basically standing water. And that can get gross real quick. Like, <laughs> So those have to be replaced frequently or at least cleaned frequently. Um, then we're on to vaporizers. Vaporizers heat or boil water, which releases steam and moisture into the air. It is the least likely method to spread bacteria and microorganisms in the air because the water is actually boiled. Problem with that, though, is these types of vaporizers frequently overheat, which causes them to leak, melt, and potentially start fires. So probably wouldn't go with just a basic heat vaporizer. The vaporizer that I have, though, is an ultrasonic humidifier. It uses a ceramic diaphragm vibrating at an ultrasonic frequency to create water droplets that silently exit the humidifier in the form of a cool fog. Basically, the cool fog is forced out by a tiny little fan. However, that method can contain impurities from the water because it's not heated up. It's just basically split into tiny little water molecules. Sometimes if you use tap water in ultrasonic vaporizers, there's like a white dust that collects around where the humidifier is standing. That dust is basically just minerals that have been taken out of the water, like dehumidified minerals. Not the best for you, not the best for your pets, which is why it's better to use distilled water in the ultrasonic vaporizers. It's kind of the rundown on those. Did you ever use a humidifier growing up? Do you have one? I guess you live in the desert, so. No. <laughs> doesn't really help your situation much. I know that flying into like Vegas or anywhere dry, my nose immediately just starts to burn uh, just because of how dry the air it is. My poor, sensitive Pacific Northwest body can't handle handle the dry air. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Not that I remember. Not as an adult, definitely. I never had one as an adult until I moved in with Stefan and he had one. However, we use that thing frequently in the wintertime. Um, but I remember the only time my mom ever pulling out the humidifier when I was younger is when we were all sick. Like, she would moisten the air or, like, boil water with herbs in it and stuff. That's another thing you can do with these vaporizers is sometimes you can put, especially the heat-based vaporizer, you can put like um, eucalyptus oil or some sort of like natural oil and that will really sit into the air. So I do remember my mom doing that a lot when I was younger, but basically only when we were sick. This week I am super grateful for humidifiers. My lips and my skin are super happy and my home is much more comfortable and also a little more protection from the COVID. Yeah. I mean, I probably could use one. 
I get nosebleeds a lot when it, like, the weather changes. Yeah. Surprisingly, only one last year. And it was just, like, it was one of the times that my car was in the shop. And, like, I rubbed my nose or something when Kelsey was dropping me off. And then it was, like, done by the time I got into the store, so. Oh. That's good. Wasn't very long one. Yeah. I think my record is two hours. <laughs> that is a very long nosebleed. Yeah. I think about going to the ER if my nose bled for two hours. Nah. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll clot up eventually. Mm-hmm. What you got this morning? What's your number one? For the first time ever, I'm switching the order of my topics. Oh. So, my first topic, that used to be my second topic, but I'm doing first, is life cereal. Oh. I do like life. <laughs> Yes. I like cinnamon life. Yes, we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Life is a breakfast cereal made by the Quaker Oats Company. It was introduced in 1961, and it is distinguished by its characteristic brown checkered squares in a finer pattern than checks. I don't know what happened when I said pattern just now. <laughs> it sounded like it was finder pattern. Finer pattern <laughs> than checks. It was popularized during the 70s by an ad campaign featuring Little Mikey. Little Mikey! Yeah. (laughs) In the commercial, the older brothers were portrayed by the actual actors, real-life older brothers. Oh. So they're they're all brothers in the commercial in real life. Um, And the slogan slash catchphrase, everybody knows. You probably want to... Do you know it? I do, yes. What is it? Mikey likes it. Well, here's the thing. No, people just quote it wrong. Okay. Well. But that is what they're referencing when they say Mikey likes it. It's, he likes it. Hey, Mikey. Oh. I guess. Okay. I didn't look it up, but that's what it says. I know there's Wikipedia. a life commercial right now that is literally talking and it says, hey, Mikey likes it or something like that. But mm-hmm. it's very... Yes, that is a callback to the iconic Mikey Likes It, which is not actually the wording of that commercial at all. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, they are referencing the the Life commercial. That ad ran from 1972 to 1986, making it one of the longest-running TV ads in history. It was 14 years for one commercial. That's a long time. Yeah, especially back then. Could you imagine being, like, seven when you're filming that and, like, being 21 and having it still be airing? That's the thing, though, right? Like, that's crazy. That's that's weird. That's a trip. <laughs> yeah. So, in 1978, they introduced both Cinnamon Life, which is the best. The superior kind of life. It is, absolutely. And also Raisin Life, which Nicole's making a gross face and I think sounds delicious. <laughs> See, I, I love raisin bran. I do too, but I feel like the texture of the raisin with the crunchy life just raisin bran has a little As more. As opposed to raisin bran, yeah, raisin bran I feel like is a little more grainy. I feel like raisin more... bran is crunchier, and life gets soggy very quickly. Yeah, that's what I mean though. Like the raisins <laughs> already kind of soggy, and with the soggy cereal, like I, I just don't know. I will give it a shot. Yeah. Well, you won't because. Raisin sold very poorly and was discontinued in the mid-80s. Okay, well then, that's probably why I have not <laughs> You can add your own raisins if you like. Yeah, probably not. Uh, cinnamon is very popular and remains uh, one-third of the total life sales. That's impressive. Especially because they currently have five flavors. 
and one third of the sales is cinnamon. <laughs> uh, in O2, they introduced a short-lived baked apple flavor. Sounds that would good. Be interesting. Yeah, I would try that's it. gone. Yep, <laughs> you can't. You can add your own apples. Probably not. <laughs> I would try it though. In O4, they introduced Honeygram. O5 was vanilla yogurt crunch, and O6. They had chocolate oat crunch. All three of those were discontinued in 08. Don't know how I feel about the yogurt crunch one. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm fine with the, like, yogurt Cheerios. Yeah, like, those aren't bad. I just, my mind keeps going back to, like, yogurt-covered pretzels and, like, yogurt-covered life. Just not down. <laughs> I'm sure that's not how it was marketed, but... Well, I don't know if it's, like, some of them are coated or if it's, like... I'm trying to... I have an example in my mind. Is it... Maybe one of the honey bunches that has little, like, like extra things that have yogurt on it. I don't know. There's Something has, like, extra things that's not, like, the main thing that's covered in yogurt. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. They have, like, little, little tiny balls. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what cereal that is. I think it is the crunch. The yeah, honey the nut. honey bunches. Yeah. That one's good. I d- have tried the yogurt, strawberry yogurt shredded wheat. I was not a fan. So that's kind of where my aversion to the yogurt covered life comes from. I have yogurt life. Not had that. I don't often do shredded wheat. Just too big. You only get like one if it's the regular size and it seems like a waste of a bite. <laughs> yeah. They also have seasonal flavors like pumpkin spice and gingerbread. I am pretty sure I've had the pumpkin spice. How was it? Well, I don't remember disliking it, but I also don't distinctly remember having it. I just know that I've seen it, and I'm pretty sure I got it once. <laughs> I know that I've done the pumpkin... What were we just talking about? Cheerios? The Honey bunches? Frosted oh, shredded wheats. Shredded wheats. Mm-hmm. I have done the pumpkin spice of those. I'm pretty sure I've also tried the life. I don't remember it either way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. Um, according to the Quaker Oats website, their current flavors are original... Cinnamon, vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate. Sounds like a milkshake. I have only ever had the cinnamon, (laughs) I'm pretty sure, because that is superior. I've had regular life. It's not terrible, but I definitely, definitely prefer the cinnamon. Yeah, it's so good. I have a box in my cupboard right now. Delish. It's Mm -hmm. usually what I get. I got Rice Krispies this time, but I usually get cinnamon life. I don't often buy cereal. It's not breakfast for me. It's a snack. Well, I really, like, I don't know. I have to really be in the mood because, like, yeah. I mean, it's like a snack, but, like, it's also a high-calorie snack. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Stefan will sometimes, like, eat it for breakfast. But for me, that's just a lot of milk, like, sitting in my stomach so early. I just don't like it on my in my body. So if I usually have a bowl, it's, like, in the evening time is, like, a light dinner snackage afterwards at, like, 8 or 9 p.m. <laughs> Very rarely will I have it in the morning. Yeah. I mean, I like it in the morning just fine. It's just, I don't know. I have to, like, really be in the mood for cereal. Same, like I said, it's just a lot of liquid. Yeah, it's not even that. I just have to really be in the mood for cereal. I have a box of the Captain Crunch ghosty one Mm -hmm. that I did not buy this past spooky season. (laughs) So it might be over a year old. That's funny. Yeah. Like the Booberry Crunch or something? No, it's ghosts. And they turn your milk green. But it's just so good. The first time I ever had life. It was cinnamon life, obviously. We were at a... 
like a golf course resort for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know how my parents came upon this. A golf court resort? A golf course resort thing. I think it was called Eagle Crest. We don't golf. <laughs> I don't know where this room came from. Okay. But it's the best cereal. It is the best cereal. I would agree with that. It is probably one of my favorite cereals, if not the mm-hmm. favorite. Yeah. I do have a strong love for Honey Nut Cheerios, though. Both dry and in with milk form. Mm-hmm. But it has to be the Honey Nut. Yep. Can't just have a plain Cheerio unless nope. you're a baby. Definitely the Honey Nut. <laughs> yeah. But life is... Cinnamon life is real close. Real mm-hmm. close. Yes. <laughs> All right, Nicole. All right, Em. My next topic is more or less a concept and an action rather than a physical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the idea of community and the act of mutual aid. Oh. Yeah. The reason I kind of brought this topic up is I've just seen a lot of community and in a city recently that has been very divided. It's just been really nice to see. A couple examples. I'll get into that in a second. Um, so what is community? So the definition of community is there's two. Uh, the first one is a group of people living in the same place or having a particular interest in something common. And then number two, a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. And then what is mutual aid? This one was kind of a new one for me. Um, I didn't really know what mutual aid was. I had been doing it all my life, but didn't really know what it meant in today's context. The recent and local BLM movements really kind of brought this term to light. So mutual aid. Mutual aid is a voluntary reciprocal exchange of resources and services for mutual benefit. That benefit may be surviving, taking care of other people, taking care of your community. I just feel like those those two things go hand in hand. Community, mutual aid. Very, very similar. Um, I think community is the, for me, is the feel of after mutual aid. But for me, those two, two things are very, very closely related. So mutual aid was brought, like I said, to light by the local Black Lives Matter movement. Um, they had various tents set up down near where all the protests were happening. Uh, it was a very similar setup to the Chaz setup in Seattle. So the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Portland didn't have their own autonomous zone per se, but there was very much a mutual aid setup that had laundry there. You could take a shower, you could eat. There was always food available for not just protesters, but anyone who wanted to go like homeless, me, you, our brothers, like anyone, anyone could have gone down there and took part in mutual aid. So the reason I wanted to talk about it this week is because I've seen a lot of various cool different things. So the first one being there was a, I went outside to smoke uh, Friday night. Yes. Friday, Friday night. Nope. Friday morning. (laughs) And I went to go inside and there was a man curled up in the corner of our little alcove of our building um, by the back door, just like huddled up. And I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) like this guy's going to freeze to death. So I called on emergency and they said they would send an officer to do a welfare check. I didn't see him moving. I thought he was dead. <laughs> like I was like, I for sure thought he was dead. Mm-hmm. If it was my preference, they would have sent medics, but not an officer. Yeah. I, I don't know if you saw me roll my eyes. I, I did, but uh, okay. I actually called the non-emergency for fire and medics. And I'm like, oh yeah, we'll send an officer. I'm like, cool, thanks. That's not what I wanted, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll take it if it means the guy gets some sort of help. However, I went out there 
14 hours later and the guy was still there. Like he was still curled up in the same spot. However, um, he had a small throw blanket this time. It looks like some people had given him jackets. Um, they had a couple jackets draped over him. There was a bottle of Gatorade, a can of Pepsi, uh, like some little snack crackers. So it was just like, you know what? Like good job. People of my building, like getting this guy something, you know, like maybe he didn't want shelter or maybe I even, so when I went out there again, Friday night, and noticed he had been there for all day long. Um, I called a 211 number, uh, which is our local number to um, basically get emergency help for yourself or others. Um, however, I didn't know I needed consent from this this person. <laughs> so that wasn't an option. But it was just really cool to see like the people in my building step up and give this person what they needed in order to basically survive. So that was as sad as that was. It, it was really I was actually really concerned. <laughs> But it was just really cool to see the, the people around me step up as well. So that's cool. Uh, Stefan and I, went, as we, we were going to Dutch yesterday, brought a little avalanche shovel with us and actually dug a couple people out. Um, watched other people dig a couple people out. Um, so that that's just kind of cool, I think. Strangers helping strangers. I mean, really, at the end of the day, we're all human. We got home from, from Dutch. Uh, we did a little driving around town, and then when we got home, our neighbor, she's actually new, so the condo unit next to us rents long-term, or short-term, but in this case, it's long-term. She'll be there at least three months, probably six, but she's a traveling nurse. She's from Texas. Um, she was trying to move her car up one spot, so that way when she tried to leave this morning, it'd be easier for her. Uh, so we helped her dig her out, helped dig her out, and she still got stuck. <laughs> so we were able to push her... Um, and as I was finishing up my notes this morning for our podcast, I actually heard her outside, like, she was out there with her own little spatula, like, scraping the ice out from under her tires, like, doing the cool thing that we showed her how to do yesterday. So, like, not only is mutual aid, like, an action, it's also teaching, like, it, so people can use those skills for themselves, too, and then pass them on to others. I just, I don't know, it was a feeling that I needed, especially because we've been so divided lately, uh, especially here in Portland, it's just been very odd but it's been really nice to see people band together uh even there's been i think last night we were watching the news and there was a quarter so pge is our local electric company and a quarter of their residents or of their um customers brought a power last night and i saw lots of people pop on local pages asking if people were okay if they needed anything generators if they needed a place to stay if they were too cold that type of thing so it was just very very heartwarming to see all of that in a time of just so much division i feel like I don't know. It was just very, very heartwarming. And it was something I kind of have had a crash course in this year of what mutual aid is in all spectrums and what community is in all forms. So yeah, there, there are lots of local um, mutual aid groups. One of them is called Snackbox PDX. And that is actually the group that was started at the local protests over the summer and has since transformed into its own nonprofit, basically. They provide food and then can also assist with uh, finding shelter too, if necessary, if needed. So just very cool little little groups and things that really make a difference. Yeah. Also, just like, look, at, it's easy to get involved, like go volunteer at the food bank. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like there's a group in LA that um, hangs out in downtown and like makes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches mm -hmm. for the homeless community. Love that. That is one thing I really like about 
Portland here is there are so many rescues and missions and different groups. I mean, our, our homeless problem here in Portland is out of control and mainly for no other reason that it's just expensive as hell to live here. Mm-hmm. And it is actually really easy to get involved. You call them up, you say, you, they ask you what time you want to show up, you give them a time and boom, you're there. Um, exactly. I've looked into it here at uh, St. Mary's, I think, is like one of the bigger food banks. Is it called a food bank? I think so. Okay. I mean, there are food <laughs> banks, there are missions, there are, there are all yeah. sorts of things. But yeah, like, you just sign up online here. Easy. Yeah. Sign up, show up, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's such a need for that. That's something I've been contemplating a lot lately, is trying to get more involved once the pandemic subsides a little bit. Yeah, that's why I haven't. Just because I'm not. Is that construction? No, someone's alarm is going off. That is loud. I think it's echoing between the buildings. Oh my god. Someone hit a button. Here's my thing about car alarms. If you're asleep, then it's just gonna keep going off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you have to know that that's your car. And be around and awake to hear it. Right? That's usually why. Like, if you're in the grocery store, and your alarm goes up, like, you're not gonna know that that's your car. And also, you won't be able to hear it. Right? I always try and park. Because we have street parking here. I always try and park near, at least on our side of the building. Because if my car alarm goes off, usually I'll hear it. Yeah, I don't have an alarm, so solves that. There you go. <laughs> um, also, like, just... <laughs> Again? <laughs> yes. Someone's walking in front of it. I'm out of milk. I have to stop at Safeway after work. <laughs> well, you have time to do that, so... Mm-hmm. That is a loud fucking car. Yeah. That is louder than your neighbors, usually. Mm-hmm. Go out there and smash the window. Right. Make it worse. <laughs> Are you kidding we good? Well, we worked out a minute ago. Anyway. Like, just treat homeless people like people because they're fucking people. Exactly. Which is why, part of the reason I was like, I don't want him to, like, kick him off our property, per se. I just want to make sure no, the guy's yeah. alive. That's, <laughs> like, yeah. That's why you want the medic and not the, the officer, cop. because yeah. they, you know, relocate, which just means, hey, you can't sleep here, which means you have to walk around and not sleep. Yeah, I I was really conflicted calling that emergency, but I felt like I needed to just because it, it was so fucking cold that morning, dude. So cold. I was wearing mm-hmm. yoga leggings underneath sweatpants. I was wearing a sports bra, a long sleeve shirt, a sweatshirt, and a jacket in my head. My head. <laughs> my hat. <laughs> and I was fucking cold. So I yeah. know that guy was. Because when I first saw him, he did not have a jacket or anything. So Yeah. But yeah, and that's and that's really it. It's living in Portland is just treat people like they're people. Like Yeah. I used to talk to the guy who washed windshields at my when I lived in East Hollywood. Yeah. Whenever well, I was he, at that light, like he would like come over and I'm like, Hey man, I don't have any cash and he's like, It's cool, neither do I who <laughs> would like talk while he washed my windshields. What a cool dude. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, oh my god, homeless people are scary. Well, they're only scary if you make them scary. Like They're not, like, they're... They're just people. No. Like, <laughs> yeah, sometimes their brains can be altered by drugs, but that doesn't make them scary. Like, makes them unpredictable, but not necessarily scary. I lived in LA, so there are homeless people everywhere. Mm-hmm. I was once on a date at Starbucks, and a homeless woman told us that we were a cute couple. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. I think she was there with her boyfriend, too. <laughs> Aw, love that. Good for her. I thought you were cute. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
more often than not, I'll be outside smoking or whatever, and someone will walk by and be like, hey, can I have a puff of that? And I'm usually like, no, because we're in the middle of a pandemic, but I'll give you the end of it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, the only real issue I have is, like, we used to go to shows at the Roseland. Mm-hmm. We were a bunch of, like, teenagers smoking outside and just, like, homeless people walking by constantly trying to, like, get cigarettes from us and, like, all the the actual adults had to be like, hey, they said no. <laughs> like, you gotta keep moving. Yeah. Very persistent. And it's not like you were of age. Like, you go buy your own cigarettes. So, like, yeah. <laughs> why would I give you mine? I, bought, I had to bum this one, asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frequently, we'll be out it. Or not, I guess not anymore, because we haven't been out in a, to brunch in a long time. But when we would, like, sit outside in the spring or the summer frequently there would be homeless people coming up asking for money and it's just become a norm for me like i don't typically carry cash on me and so i'll just flat out tell them like hey sorry i don't have any cash sometimes i'll offer like my leftovers if we're getting ready to leave or whatever um and sometimes i've had people take those so i mean i don't have cash but i have food if you want it <laughs> like and that's another form of mutual aid is i know some people get really weirded out by giving people their leftovers but i hate that like why you clearly aren't going to eat it right now, so you're not going to eat it. Give it to somebody else who can. Yeah, I mean, I get the weirdness because, like, for me, it feels like you're giving scraps to a pet. Like, well, yes. You're just, I'll grab you a sandwich if you're hungry. Yeah, but, like, if I'm already wrapped up in pay, like, there's been several times where I've just been walking and people are like, hey, do you have a dollar? I'm like, I don't, but uh, do you want some food? <laughs> like, yeah. And I've given people food that way. I'm not, I won't ever approach them and be like, hey, man, you want this? Like, no. Yeah. It's basically just, a, for me, just another way of helping or offering something should they ask for it. But yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Like, I wouldn't give them, like, cold-ass fries or some shit. Like, because <laughs> I know I wouldn't want that. I, yeah. A lot of times I try and think about what I would want in this a specific situation. And, like, it goes all the way down to, like, donating clothes. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't donate something I wouldn't wear. Yeah. Just simply for the fact that, like, especially if it's holy or something. Like, no, just upcycle it. Give it to someone, like... There are plenty of yeah. places that collect holy clothes. Yeah. It is. I, mm, yeah. That also, I think it is a slightly different if you're donating it to like a thrift shop versus like donating it to a shelter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you, you know, the thrift shop is going to go through it and either get rid of it or if it's usable enough, then fucking all the YouTube girls are going to show up and like, oh, I can put lace on this or whatever. Yeah. Which is another issue altogether. But but yes, donate your clothes that can be donated. Yeah. I had... Also find a maybe a shelter that can use them instead of taking them. To, I mean, t- also, there's nothing wrong with taking them to somewhere like Goodwill, but also shelters. Yeah. I had three very gently used bras. Very gently used. Like, I think I wore each one of them, like, maybe twice for a very short period. And I badly wanted to take them to Rose Haven just up the road, which is a women's shelter, a women's day shelter. Yeah. But I could never match up with them, <laughs> their hours, because they were always open for like a few hours while I'm at work. And so yeah. I did end up taking that to Goodwill or those to Goodwill, along with some other stuff. But think about it, like, for me, Rose Haven's on the way to Goodwill. So it's not any extra effort to drop them off there and then also swing by Goodwill on the same trip. So just things to think about as you're donating. Um, and, and providing that mutual aid and things like that. Um, I just feel like those are really important. Growing up, as you know, I we lived in a super small community. Mm. And oftentimes, 
if something funky would happen at someone's house, neighbors would call and be like, hey, by the way, this happened while you were gone. Or we would call people if we were going on vacation, hey, can you watch the house? Or, and oftentimes they'd call us and ask the same favor. So it's kind of something I've grown up with and I really miss moving to the city. So having that kind of feeling cultivated and did a little, did my soul a little good. So Mm -hmm. it's it's just been very nice to see. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. (laughs) Community, mutual aid, get involved. Do what you can. All right. And last topic. What you got? My last topic. Which is actually supposed to be your first topic. But you switch route. I did because this one is a stronger topic. Okay. Than, than life. Life I came up with this morning. <laughs> I want to dance with somebody. Like the actual song or like? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, do. I don't actually want to dance. Okay. <laughs> I love that song. Yes. It's very good. It comes on a very lot at work because of the station that is on right now. And every time it just gets in my soul. I'm like, yes. I so do, good. do love that song. That is one I can mm-hmm. listen to and listen to and listen to. Yep. It's great. It is off the Whitney Houston's second album titled Whitney. Whitney. I don't know what her first album was called if her first album was not called Whitney. Right? Usually they're like a self-titled album. Uh, It was the lead single released from that album on May 2nd, 1987. Many years ago. (laughs) (laughs) About four years before I was born? No, five? Four and a half. Many years ago. Five and a half. You were born at the end of 92, and that was the beginning of 87. Yes. Yes, you're right. Yeah, okay. (laughs) The song won Best Female Pop Vocal Performance at the 30th Grammys. It won Favorite Pop Rock, Pop Slash Rock Single at the 15th American Music Awards, the Best Music Video at the 2nd Soul Train Music Awards, and at the 1st Garden State Music Awards. Don't know why New Jersey gets their own awards, but (laughs) whatever. Um, And in 2015, it was voted by the British public as the nation's favorite 80s number one in a poll for ITV, which is not a real award, necessarily. It's just a poll, but... Still an accolade. That's still pretty cool, though. Like, Mm -hmm. enough people voted for that song. Yep. Uh, It topped the charts in 13 countries and became her fourth consecutive number one single, selling over one million copies, making it her first platinum single. That girl, Whitney. Yeah. Such a good one, too. I'm, like, singing Mm -hmm. in my head over here while I'm, like, invisibly dancing. It was actually written by George Merrill and Shannon Rubicam who had previously written How Will I Know for her first album. How um, will I know if he... That one? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I had to sing it in order to, like, actually picture it. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Shan Rubicam said of the song, I pictured somebody single wishing that they could find that special person for themselves. It wasn't, I want to go down to the disco and dance, really. It was, I want to do that dance of life with somebody. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. <laughs> that is nice. Very wholesome. Yeah. So, it just gets right into your soul. <laughs> it makes you want to dance. Literally. <laughs> yeah. You have the 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 woo yaz. You don't have to be able to sing. Just yell woo. <laughs> it's so good. So, funny story. I think it might have been in eighth grade when one of our classmates and I were both kind of nerdy. At this point, shortly after it, we grew apart just because of the lifestyles we were leading. But we ran down the hall skipping 
excuse me, we skipped down the halls singing, I want to dance with somebody. And we would go, oh, I want to dance with somebody. Woo, woo, I want to feel the heat with somebody. Woo, woo. And then we do like the train chugs with our arms. I don't know why, but that is one of my favorite middle school memories. <laughs> but right, you don't got to sing. You just got to do the woo parts. <laughs> yeah. Makes it fun. I don't think it goes woo-woo twice in a row, though. It doesn't. We just made that up. Like, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Add them in, and it, it's a good time. Yes. It's so good. I sing along every time. But there was a Billboard article that backed me up on this. Because I maintain that the I Want to Dance with Somebody key change, top 10 key changes of all time. Yeah? Yeah, dude. Is that not the best part of the song? <laughs> no, you're right. That, like... It's perfection. Yes, it's very beautiful. If, according to the Billboard article, titled something like 10 Reasons That Make I Want to Dance with Somebody, it's one of the greatest songs of all time or something. <laughs> right? <laughs> one of the reasons was the key change. And whoever wrote the article said, In music history, there have probably been about a half dozen truly perfect key changes, modulations that take an already soaring pop song and send it right through the ozone layer. Dance is undoubtedly one of them. It's climactic chorus giving it that extra spinal tap juice, and it's probably the moment that puts the song on an ever so slightly higher plane than the similarly classic How Will I Know, which inexplicably shifts down at the critical late moment, cruelly robbing it of potential transcendence. I'm not super familiar with How Will I Know, so I don't know that step-down key change. <laughs> but the key change in this song, it just takes you there. It's good. It is good. It is very good. It has all the the great marks of 80s music. You have your synths. <laughs> <laughs> you have your Whitney. Yeah. Oh my god, she's so young in the video, too. Obviously, it's only her second album. <laughs> <It's> so, <laughs> she she's was, so She was young. young. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Man. I know. Always the good ones. Yeah. It's just the best. You can't feel bad when you're listening to I Want to Dance with Somebody. No. Is the word that they use in that description spinal juice? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Spinal Tap Juice. Okay. Okay. So Spinal Tap is a movie. Okay. I did not know that. Yes. (laughs) Spinal Tap is a movie about like a hair metal band. Okay. That makes sense. What just the reference that they're making there. Okay. Did not pick up on that. Because I was like, well, yeah. I mean, I guess they kind of hit the nail on the head, though. Because it, like, <laughs> gets you moving. Did not catch yes. the reference. Yes. Not a movie watcher, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it just does it for me. I second that. I'm not a dancer, but, like. You can head bob to it, for sure. Sing. Key change. <laughs> Woo, yeah. All the good parts. Mm-hmm. Good parts of what make that song good. I'll have to talk about 80s music in general later, but it's great. Oh, we can get into that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I would agree. Uh, definitely one of, if not the best of Whitney's songs. And one of the greatest I mean, songs of all time, really. <laughs> most people would say, I will always love you, which is fine and heartfelt. And, you know, depending on, I think it was, I want to dance with somebody. And I think Whitney, I think I want to dance. Right now I'm just like... Can we end the episode so I can go listen to that song now? <laughs> right. I listened to it already <laughs> this morning, but it's so good. It is good. I'll probably hear it several times at work today. <laughs> Do you have a certain station on or is it? 
Is it like a radio or is it like a Pandora station? It's the radio. We have an approved list of stations. Oh, I see. Well, I guess it could be worse. Could ha- could not have I Want to Dance on it. Yeah, I mean, if any of the other stations that are on the list don't. Probably wouldn't. Good shit. I like it. Just gets you going. Right? <laughs> can't see me, but we're both, or can't see us, but we're both over here <laughs> bobbing our heads and swaying yeah. our shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> woo, woo. All right, friend. What time is it there? 9.30? 9.30. An hour so after it is there. <laughs> no, it's not so bad. Mm-hmm. I feel like we got through today's episode real quick, like. We did. We are focused. Focused. <laughs> Should we wrap? Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening. Go listen to I Want to Dance with Somebody next, because it's great. And you'll enjoy it. I promise. <laughs> I'm nodding my head in agreement over here. <laughs> yeah. Um, go ahead and give us a rate and review wherever you are listening. That really helps us out. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at YesDudePodcast. Tell us what your favorite key change of all time was. I couldn't remember what your topics were, so I had to go with something off of them. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, there are some good ones. There are some good ones out there. There's a lot of music out there. Did you have anything else? We love you. Thank you for listening. Yes. And we'll talk next week. Yes. Yes. Good week. Good. Bye. Bye. Bye.